Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 145, episode one of Your Daily Zeitgeist, a production yeah. of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness and yep. say officially off the top. Fuck the Koch brothers. Yeah, fuck the fuck Koch Fox brothers. News. Yep. Fuck Rush Limbaugh. What? Fuck Buck Sexton. <laughs> fuck. Who else we got here? Ben Shapiro. JK Rowling. JK Rowling. Rolling, rolling, rolling. It's Monday, August 3rd, 2020. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Potatoes O'Brien, and I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. Yep, it's Miles Gray, a.k.a. Kush Limbaugh. Uh, you know, and I'm still in <laughs> utter disbelief. The amount of race trading, uh, race trader white women in the millennial generation, I, it's blowing my mind. I took the entire weekend to walk around, and you know, they weren't lying. There are Black Lives Matter signs around places. So I'm dealing with that. The, but thank you so much for that. disbelief in his, in his voice. Oh, straight into my veins. The way he greeted that was so amazing. He, uh, he stops this. He shuts the studio down. Like, hold on, everyone. Hold on a second. Let me call <laughs> you, my you mom. There. You've seen uh, one too. Oh God! <laughs> uh, well, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by the hilarious and talented Sam Wiles. What's up, Welcome. guys? Uh, I'm over here. I, I got. I listen to Rush. I'm good. I'm all caught up. That's what this is about, right? We, <laughs> right. we listen yeah, to yeah. Rush and give give our Rush Team takes. Rush. And there you that go. Was cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, how are you doing? How is uh, quarantine treating you? I'm good, man. Uh, we're we're at my girlfriend's grandma's place in San Diego, uh, kind of hiding out. It's a little uh, people a little more freewheeling down here. <laughs> I'm, I'm oh, a little yeah, more right. scared. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting getting some fewer sideways masks. looks for yeah fewer fewer masks and I don't know. Everyone's like hot and dumb. More American it's, flag. Yeah, bandanas. Yeah, yeah. You get it. San Diego's weirdly conservative. It's like a lot yeah. of a lot of like military types and stuff. So. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Hot and dumb. I, li- I like that. Hot, hot and dumb. <laughs> I've always aspired to uh, live around hot and dumb people. Speaking oh, of hot, hot and dumb, Miles Googled my name uh, earlier today. <laughs> there, is a yeah. hot, there is a very hot version of me where yeah. it's, it's the first like 10 Google search results. Uh, yeah. If you Google Sam Wiles, I'm not that Sam Wiles. He's, he's a very hot man in his underwear. Yeah. So, yeah. With, his body the... shape is almost uh, not... Correct. It's a little like, t- proportionally, look, yeah. it's a little strange. Yeah. Hey, lifting Zeit Gang, let us know if he's missing some areas because I mean <laughs> that torso is so V-shaped, it looks like it's, a Y. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't seem like it should be possible. But um, this is also three, you know, like sit down sedentary men in their thirties, <laughs> right. or in Jack's case, maybe not. But uh, wow. you know, looking at a phone. Call me out, man. <laughs> Happy you know birthday, man. Belated about. B-Day. Oh, thanks. I don't thanks. know anything about the that. The big 4-0, the big 40. Yeah. Uh, in case you don't know math. <laughs> 40 OZs of old age. There you um, go. Yeah. Uh, and my body is a cylinder shape. Uh, so nice solid cylinder. But you do have the sacred geometry chest tattoo that he has. Yeah, it it doesn't look as good on me. I had so to, uh, who's yeah. that? MFC Erickson, who you always hooks up your uh, profile. Yeah, get, exactly. get Jack now. He has the uh, Sam Wiles sacred geometry chest piece. If you lifted intentionally to get the cylinder shape, I think that counts. I think if you were like, <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. you're like this is yeah. what I'm doing. I'm I just want to like, be solid, man. I just right. want to be perfectly round everywhere. Yeah. You're like, oh, oh really? Like, oh, 
I don't know the human body because I got my whole body to be a fucking perfect mathematical cylinder. Yeah, I have a picture of a Lego figurine on my uh, mirror, and I just work out to, to achieve that every day. Got to get these right angles, man. Uh, I look um, like an oil drum. Uh, all right, Sam, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of the things we're talking about. Uh, we're going to take a look at the post office, uh, the state of the post office uh, as it relates to the Trump administration, the upcoming election. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, the the fun ways that brands are interacting with the name Karen. Uh, it's just fun, you know, oh, this uh, white supremacist <laughs> uh, pop culture figure. Um, lol, lol, lol. Lol, lol, uh, We're going to talk about baseball. We're going to talk about uh, Spencer Confidential, uh, of course. And mm-hmm. uh, last chance, you, uh, all of that, plenty more. But first, Sam, we'd like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history that is revealing about who you are? Uh, it's it's not just one. It was the cluster that really caught my eye. Look at my own search history, <laughs> because in one in one like hour span, I googled why did Maggie Gyllenhaal replace Katie Holmes in the Batman movies, mm. and then the next one was uh, Biden Epstein question mark. <laughs> and, then, and then the next one was Chattanooga Lookouts hat because they have oh, a cool yeah. logo. I love it. Yeah. The C with the two eyes on the it. The C with the two eyes is awesome. But so yeah. it's just like a perfect summation of quarantine, which is like watch an old movie, uh, freak out about the uh, you know overseeing pedophile ring that runs the country, and then look Retail up like therapy. a cool hat I want. Yeah, so, right, right, right. Man, minor league baseball hats used to be the fucking wave. I remember in the nineties yeah. because it was like the logos that you just didn't see at all the regular places. You're like, wait, hold on, what's that old conquistador? I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. you don't know about the Dukes? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like I had the uh, yeah. Albuquerque Dukes hat. Uh, shout out to my boy Chris. He, him, or his brother had the Chattanooga Lookouts hat, which is why I remember that logo. And then I had a Portland Sea Dogs fitted uh, nice. from Maine. Uh, when my hockey exploits took me out there, I was always like a big fan of minor league logos. I was gonna say that is a very hockey thing. A Maine uh, going to representing Maine, hat. yeah. Well, just also that like the Portland Sea Dogs. I feel like yeah. some of the hockey players Look, I went to high school. I've lived rocking that. I've lived seven thousand lives, man. You used to have See, hockey hair too, right? Like down to your shoulders. With like, uh, yeah, yeah. With yeah. my wavy blazing hockey hair, and most of the time, <laughs> people thought I was Hacking like a leper. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was like the halftime trick. And I'm yeah. like, no, nah, man, I'm a defenseman. They're like, oh. oh, wow, okay. This is an interesting team. I saw one guy with the back of his jersey said Rodriguez. I'm like, yeah, we're from California, bro. And we play also, so get ready. <laughs> That's actually what a Nordique is. No one knows. It's a it's a black Asian guy that comes to play hockey and you're right, surprised right. by him. They're like, huh. And that's how the that's, that's how the storied team started. <laughs> uh, what is something you think is overrated? Overrated? Uh I was gonna say fans at games during that Clippers yeah. Lakers game. I didn't notice once that like like the tip off happened, and I was like, "Oh, I'll never think about whether or not they're fans again." And they aren't cutting to the stands. I don't care when they cut to the stands. I don't care that there are like people enjoying it. I'm yeah. fine. Like, just let me watch the basketball part. I'm in my house. I don't care. Right. It's interesting because it seems like the being there, it's really noticeable. Like for the players and the Mm -hmm. people who are doing the game at the game, they're like, this feels so weird. It feels like you're at basketball camp or like, you know, just in a gym. But watching it, yeah, you can't really tell. They have the the fan noise piped in a little bit. Yeah. Um, Well, that's that was also kind of it's kind of incongruous with baseball, is the fan noise. But I also two innings in, I did I stopped noticing that there's no one in the stadium. Right. Yeah. 
It's just, again, like we were saying, I think, on the last episode about how, like, so many professional sports that are being played now, they just have the vibe of, like, community college sporting events because there's right. no, there's no yeah. audience. You yeah, just yeah, hear yeah. coaches scream, sneakers squeaking. Yeah. I do like, though, that it seems like the audio feed they'd have to dump just so they weren't violating <laughs> any, like, sort of uh, FCC, like, profanity laws because there are times, like, a ball would go out of bounds and you hear someone go like, Oh, cool. and then the sound was just dumb <laughs> yeah, for like yeah, five yeah. seconds and then come back up and you're like, oh, what were they saying? Cause yeah, you know, not many people shit. know that in the bubble they have voice actors who come in and do, they're like, <laughs> oh, shampoo me. <laughs> <laughs> just come in for, uh, for those uh, curses. Come on, um, ref. You're meeting a stranger in the Alps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was uh, the NBA end of last week. A lot of lot of fun. It was good to good to have it back. I feel like the players, you know, they they're professionals. They're not losing anything. Like maybe maybe uh, lackluster teams who, you know, have let's say a historically big difference between. How they play at home versus how they play on the road will not be quite as good in this atmosphere. Uh, Sixers, uh, but uh, I'm, I'm worried. Uh, they, as we record this, I haven't seen the result of the Sixers game over the weekend, but that was something that I was thinking of. Uh, Five thirty-eight actually raised the Sixers' uh, chances of winning the title the most when uh, the the quarantine happened, and now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, well, if they played the worst on the road when nobody's cheering for them, like they, for people who don't know, the Sixers were like 10 and 22 on the road and then like almost undefeated at home. Right. Um, I'm just wondering like how that's going to break out. Like what, it's, what it's the most on the road you could possibly be. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, on the road extrapolated a hundred times. Right. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see how that works out for them. JJ Reddick looking good though. Uh, all the, all the beer shot gunning. Do you think there are going to be any players who like they're, they're completely fine their zone because there are no fans. I mean, it would like JJ. You know what I mean? Where it's like, what is surprisingly, you know, JJ Reddick's just like a a shooting specialist, but he had a couple moves that like blew up on Twitter. People were like, "What was that?" Like he like (laughs) faked one way through a no look past the other, like Magic Johnson. People were like, "How did?" Well, I wonder if like going to Duke for so long, you get so used to verbal abuse that the second it's not there, it's like you can like now use another part of your brain to play. You're like, "Uh, I was using about twenty percent to just block out people to focus. Focus. Him now and Shane like, Battier were like officially the most hated basketball players yeah. in the world for yeah. entire decades. So I'm sure Christian Leitner, it didn't work out so well for, but uh, those guys. Do you think sure. any like past choke artists are like watching this? Like I could have done this. This would have been yeah. like, like Nick <laughs> Anderson Weber. is like turning yeah. over a table. Like he's yeah. so yeah. mad he doesn't get to just go in there. Yeah. Anyways, it, it'll be interesting, and uh, I will continue to watch all the clever ways uh, they find uh, shotgun beers um, <laughs> in the in the bubble. Uh, what is something you think is underrated? Uh, this is a new one I think is underrated. Is I'd always underrated clearly marked vans. <laughs> I, I thought huh. I, now that now that uh, unmarked vans are so bad, I thought, man, I really miss having a van and then having a clear demarcation of what it's right. for, and that it's not coming for me or anyone I know. Yeah, and, yeah. What goon squad are you with, sir? Before you manhandled me and yeah, I wish I wish this away. said geek squad and uh, you know contained a couple high schoolers <laughs> instead right. of uh, some weird portly proto military. 
Yeah. Oh, man. Did it's you see the one in New York where the van pulled up and like grabbed the woman and the cops were like around like holding their bikes like weapons? Oh my and, like, god. In, yeah. They were in like a three point athletic stance, but you knew they were like pulling every muscle in their leg as they were doing that because they <laughs> yeah. just looked so uh barrel shaped. Well, speaking was, of barrels, it's like that the the they're gonna get to the bottom of the barrel with the candidates for this like goon squad. Like you're gonna get there aren't yeah. that many apt, like, willing, able bodies. Like, you're gonna, like, you're starting yeah. to see it now. You're getting, like, the, like, weird fat guys or, like, the just, like, clear, like, red-faced dudes in their 50s with fantasies. Like, the the more they, the more they show of this, like, secret police, the more you're like, oh, these guys are not even good security right. guards. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Well, it's like, well, because now it's like, hey, look, we're handing out free tack gear to racists. So who <laughs> wants it? Come on by and you can hop out of it. You can, you know. At some point, you have to run out of people who are willing to do that shit. I just can't yeah. imagine there's like that many. Well, because I know there was like the ICE thing that there was a like Citizens Academy course that people were trying, like they were trying to offer people to be like how you can sort of like understand like how to spot shit like that. And there, there were a lot of like myths going out, but there. The program wasn't like one. A lot of people thought like they were going to train people to carry out arrests. And like that is absolutely not the case, according to ICE. But it was funny because a bunch of like leftist trolls just like flooded the applications <laughs> would be like, yes, I'm interested in the course on just eating your whole fucking boot and then linking it. After. <laughs> like, so. uh, we have the best trolls on the left. It is nice, like we run, yeah. we run online. That's like, don't yeah. don't try to do something online. Don't try and do anything in real life, though. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Please don't try to do anything in real we're life. We're slowly getting in real life. Slowly getting yeah. into real life. Slowly getting. Yeah. Uh, and finally, what is a myth, Sam? What is something people think is true you know to be false, or vice versa? Oh, that you need any decorum with your elected officials. Like the only good part of my day anymore is like waking up and writing the meanest email to my city council person and the mayor <laughs> mm -hmm. and because it's just it's the only release and they aren't gonna do anything to help you so you might right. as well be as mean to them as humanly possible and it's like you try like all convention has been tried and they're still gonna do i mean we're seeing in la like they're immediately gonna do evil stuff after a hundred people ask them not to and right. then they'll go i don't i don't understand what everyone's talking about i'm gonna keep doing something that will harm you so just Make their life bad. That's the only recourse we have is to scream at them until they're gone. Because it, it should be hard to do that job and then not do good things. Like yeah. It seems well, to be very easy to do that job and then do evil stuff. That's like right. the shift I think that's happening for people who are getting more and more politically engaged is realizing like, right. I know how bad it is at the federal level. Not many people know what's happening at their own, like the municipal level where they live yeah. and who's in charge and what those policies are and what's going on there and who the equivalent actors are that we'd look at in the federal government. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's what's really powerful to your point is writing emails to these people because a lot of the times they just get blasted with form emails. Mm -hmm. And the thing that, and this is just to any, you know, Zeit gang who are trying to like organize their communities or to write to elected officials don't use form emails if when yeah. you can try and use your own written words because a they'll they'll filter out form stuff when they see it's basically like a copy and paste thing but also even when something's written like eat shit you fucking turd burger i hope you fucking <laughs> lose whatever blah 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 i hope you fucking eat shit <laughs> that is like better than like on behalf of the blah, blah, blah. Cause then sometimes you're like, oh, people are angry. 
Um, right. yeah. Because a lot of the times it's very easy for politicians to look at, of you know, the, the inboxes being swarmed with mm -hmm. forum letters like, uh, they just got an AstroTurf campaign that a bunch of activists yeah. got people to copy and paste. But if it's like each subject's like eat shit, you know, hey, turf <laughs> fuck, like all that stuff, then, you know, you might get a little more attention. Well, in, but. In, in When I was in college, I worked for a pretty uh, evil senator. And I when I would like look at his inbox, all he cared about was... Uh, the rage email. Turd fucks. Yeah. yeah. It's like turd someone fuck. was, but it would be people, it'd be people mad about like corn subsidies or whatever, but it was like mm. he cared that people were mad. Right. Oh, that, wow. That affected him. So, yeah. Anyway, it, it does, what was that it does experience work. like working for an evil senator? Um, I was in college and too dumb to know it was bad. I was like, he's a senator. <laughs> like, it's right. so, That's cool. so, That's cool. so stupid. And yeah, I had no idea. Uh, but yeah, it's. Uh, that was Chuck Grassley these days. <laughs> he, that's him. Uh, Is it really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're from uh, Iowa, right? Yeah. You say corn subsidies, you're from Iowa. I was like, Yeah, you Chuck can figure it out. <laughs> there wasn't yeah. another wow. evil senator at the time. Yeah, I was like, Chuck Grassley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. He's, he's, like, he, he's like if the, you know, Crypt Keeper talked like Brett Favre. Like, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's bad. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> drive, a... drives, drives an old car, constantly critical of poor people. Yeah, everything you expect. Yeah. Very right. cool, very cool. Yeah, the the showing up at their houses also seems to really uh, bother and get and get results, but bother the uh, local officials. Yeah. Well, what's so, yeah. what's so frustrating also about Garcetti is like people are going to his house and emailing him constantly, and then he keeps going. I wish someone would do something about all the bad stuff. And it's like, buddy, right. you're the mayor. Yeah. Who do you think is in charge of any Put of some that? Some pressure on everybody. I've never seen someone like like just clearly act differently than what is happening. It really, it makes you feel crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think as the, running this city, it's just more like you get to just sort of make sure the like real estate machine doesn't go off the wheels mm -hmm. during your time as mayor. Like you're not really doing anything yeah. aside from like, yeah, see the power structure is already pretty inbuilt here. <laughs> so like there's like, unless I just want to completely rock the boat and be ousted yeah. Uh, I'm just going to be like, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I guess there will never be affordable housing. And I'm not too interested because I come from a dynastic L.A. Yeah. governmental family. So, <laughs> yeah. Just like, you know, I think that's the next thing is like get more people who just go into office and be like, I don't give a fuck if they don't vote. If, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll rock the fucking boat and we'll keep rocking the boat until people realize. It needs <laughs> and, to be done. and nepotism should be an immediate disqualification. I think. Yeah. Like if you. Right. It's just like you go do something else, man. If your if your dad was the mayor, it's like go. I don't know. Go do take improv classes. Shut up. Like get out. I of already our, get did. Out of our stuff. I already did. And Neil Campbell keeps making me take level four, and I can't get into onto a Herald team. So now I'm mayor. Yes. Yeah, so now he met. He failed out of UCB yeah. and had to become uh, mayor. What do you mean uh, you don't know any of the four, Dad? You don't know one of them? Then how am I going to get on a... Just even a writer on a mod team, please. Uh, all right, guys, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back and talk about some bullshit. And we're back. So mail-in voting is becoming more and more of uh, the way people vote, first of all, even before the pandemic. But uh, now it's going to be crucial to uh, the upcoming November presidential election and all elections. Uh, and in the past, it didn't wasn't there like a belief that it was better for Republicans or that there were more Republican people voting uh, by mail because old 
because old people vote or use, like rural. use mail. Yeah, rural, and they don't they don't want to leave their house. Um, but now that this is a way that you're getting a broader uh, swath of the population voting, uh, it seems like the Republicans and Trump are doing everything they can, not just to discourage voting by mail, but just mail in general. They're just trying to break <laughs> the post office. I mean, yeah, the next thing they're going to do is be like fucking stamps and like like adhesives for envelopes. We're also outlawing that. Right. Like if we can, because it seems like okay, fine. Maybe we can suppress voting by fucking up the polling places, and then it's like, well, you can vote by mail. They're like, fuck. All right. Let's, <laughs> then now we got to fuck up vote by mail. But it's like, but there's no evidence that says it that it's bad or that there's there could be massive potential for fraud. Oh fuck! Get rid of the postal. It's just so fucking just burn it all down mentality. But you know. The postmaster general that's in there now, he's basically like a 1920s caricature of like a fat cat who like eats like union mice. Like it's like this same fucking like it's just so overtly like fuck you, fuck working people, anything yeah. like I'm here to fuck this whole thing up because it, you know, initially we were talking about how Trump hated like he thought Amazon was getting like oh. Uh, like a good deal on the postal rates. And there was like all this beef wrapped up in nonsense. But um, now with all the things that are going on in the vote by mail stuff, there are more and more like reports from like postal carriers to people who use the businesses that it's just becoming like an absolute clusterfuck because what they're doing is trying to, you know, there's like, they're like, we, we got to think about how we're going to raise funds. And a lot of the times, you know, super producer Anna Hosnier always floods our text threads with uh, USPS merch you can buy, uh, which, you know, shout out to She's that. There's definitely one definitely getting to... a cut of it. That The it's... amount of <laughs> yeah. times she has reminded us to buy post office gear, like she has figured out a way to get a percentage or there's like some recommendation thing. Or where... to the point where I don't know if Anna's real and she's some kind of algorithm created by the <laughs> created postal by service the USPS. to just like send yeah. us like updates on what's available. Because look, they do have beautiful, you know, costumes for your kids and your toddlers <laughs> and your pets. Uh, yeah, they have I mean, she blankets. is good at it. I would hire her if you were a marketing agency or a brand who needs somebody uh, who's good at marketing because uh, the pictures she's taken of Ace, her dog, in the <laughs> post office outfit yeah. are the cutest fucking things I've ever seen. Yeah, uh, I'm like, how do I get a dog like that? Fuck the, the costume. I just want right. a dog that carries yeah, the mail. I have your dog. Uh, so, you know, they found all kinds of ways, like they obviously are trying to raise funds because the government, you know, the administration is systematically trying to cut funding to make things as inefficient as possible. So people, you know, we go down the, well, it's so fucked up. Maybe we should privatize it route, which is a yeah. time honored tradition in this country. Which yeah. the, even though the, the Bush administration, the George W. Bush administration tried to do that by yeah. making their, so the one government agency that has to pay their pensions like 50 years into the future Right. It's like, you know, if the Republicans are doing something to uh, increase pensions, it's bad. Yeah, <laughs> like that's that's evil. Like if they're if they're making sure working people have more secure funding, it's like they're doing it for bad reasons. It's like, well, right. why is doing that? It's like, oh, well, they're going to have to pay for it. And yeah, that's yeah, what we're yeah. telling You're them now. Screwed. You figure that out. Um, and so, you know, because of that, these cost saving measures that are being taken, it's basically they're just cutting hours. They're cutting overtime. The mail's just piling up in certain distribution centers like they were telling certain postal workers, like, at the end of the day, hey, look, man, if there's mail that still needs to be sorted, like, it's, we know it's going to be difficult to look at that, but just go home, you know, there's no need, just clock out and we're going to deal with it the next day. But they're like, normally I would clock in for overtime to make sure the mail is moving mm -hmm. properly. And that's how we move things very fluidly. 
So between that and people who are like eBay sellers and e-commerce users who rely on the postal service to like send their goods and things out, mm. they're also like, it's, it's getting clogged up at every single place. And, you know, I don't know how, what the end game is because as a public service, it's like the most like up, like the approval ratings of the postal service are like, unlike anything else, like the one thing everyone loves about like the federal government. And now, you know, I don't know if this is going to actually have the effect where people go, fuck the postal service. Cause I don't know what it's going to take for, for people to sort of get to that point. Um, but I think people need to realize what's actually happening. So before they start going like the po- the mail's real slow, no, there is an ongoing effort from this administration to skull fuck this public service. Um, and that's sort of like the destabilization process that's going on right now. Should the Postal Service just lean into just creating chaos and be like, we're the Donald Trump Postal Service now. And we like we have Trump stamps and we have like little weird QAnon decals you can buy. And then <laughs> right. just con- like conservatives like it wrench right. their brain and then they support the post office like as much as possible it's like i gotta go this q stamps right like they're like is- i mean it's true where we go one we go all the yeah. united states postal service it's like- <laughs> i gotta get i gotta get that stamp that's jfk jr back from the dead if we don't right. get that now that's a collector's item once everyone yeah. finds out who he is do we right. have the Ob- Obama and Hillary Clinton executions memorial stand <laughs> uh, with their body doubles who are then taking the reins of uh, doing their public appearances? And it'd, and it'd be fun for your mail carrier to lie. That would be great. Right. Yeah, it's but the thing the one benefit, right, is because of the pandemic, it's created such a surge and uptick in people using the postal service that from a revenue standpoint, they actually are lo- it's it's not bad in that sense, despite mm-hmm. all the budgetary games that are being played. But it again, it has to be mentioned over and over for anybody like because I know it's a story that people talk about or whatever, and it's not quite making like the top of every news hour. But the administration is doing every single thing they can to the point where they tried to like illegally close down post office locations. And people were like when they sort of. Uh, mentioned that that could be violating federal law. They're like, okay, maybe we won't do that. So there's nothing this administration is not willing to do in the name of, you know, slowing up the mail and create Mm -hmm. these optics they need to sort of discredit vote by mail. Yeah. As podcasters, we're not allowed to say that uh, we're fond of of the uh, post office, right? Because the post office is incredibly difficult. Isn't that what the uh, <laughs> mail.com or... Uh, Stamps.com can hear you. Stamps.com. Stamps.com. Yeah, Stamps.com oh, yeah. is listening. They listen or, to every podcast. Or MailKimp. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think just the idea of delaying... Like, I, I really think what's going to happen if it's remotely close is that they will try and declare uh you know states for Trump before mm-hmm. the mail in ballots are are counted essentially so ju- just that putting that little crimp in the system I think is going to fuck some things up mm-hmm. uh all right let's talk about Karen the uh the name the myth the legend yeah, brands are treating it like racism energizer bunny. There's a Canadian brewery in Calgary uh, that announced a Karen Cherry Sour. It's their first sour beer, and it promoted with a, a can I speak to your manager tagline on social media. Uh, so that's fun. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. I'm. Mm, wh- wh- it really sort of completely misses the point of what, is going on like what a Karen is, what this is in response to. 
uh, versus like a thing you want to consume, like as a. It, feel, it feels very like humanizing Sean Spicer kind of yes, energy exactly. where, it, where it's just like, ah, you, oh, you're like a detestable thing. But what if we like kind of winked at it? Because we don't actually care right. that it's bad. Right, right, right. Like, right. It's like did, Gollum. Gollum memes. It's like, oh, it's fun. Did, did we always have to deal with like, are we just more aware of it, of like every brand looking at like a cultural trend and then immediately capitalizing it as much as possible? Like in the 90s, did that happen as much or is that like... A social media creation, uh, like in the '90s, like in the '90s, where they like, yeah, Pizza Hut's doing like a Ted Kaczynski thing. <laughs> like that's what we're <laughs> up to now. Yeah, uh, I feel like uh, it. It seems like they're. Uh, I don't know. I feel like this has always been a thing of any marketing mm-hmm. company agency. They're always gonna take. They're always gonna make mistakes, and I'm sure there's there's got to be like a list of like the cringiest like or, mistakes. Or were they like, or were they sense. better at it? Was like were like ad, <laughs> right, ad agencies right. like right. better at taking counterculture and then making it their thing? It's like actually yeah. Coke is punk rock now or whatever. I didn't even think about it, but the Timothy McVeigh Happy Meal was kind of <laughs> weird yeah. in retrospect. They <laughs> really nailed the building. That. <laughs> yeah. And then High Times right after the Rodney King thing said, "Can't we all just get a bong?" Yeah, and it was just like mm, that was pretty funny. Right. Yeah, but that was like a tagline. The the like it was like a hanging Chad thing. Can't we all just get along? Can't it was we, like treat became, it as a funny thing? Yeah, that's yeah. the that's so the thing so I think of. Is kind of well, and I don't know if it was like marketing, but like it became a joke. Like in every right. cartoon mm-hmm. comedy, like Movie, someone would get yeah. beat up, and then they'd be like, "Can't we all just get along?" And you're like, "Ah, oh my god!" Like yes. we completely. But that shows you how but similarly. Right. Similar to this. Like the the beer has a fair skinned, pretty woman uh with the crown of the uh common crown brewing logo resting on her head. So they mm-hmm. are like making her look She's good. appealing. She's appealing. And this is a figure of racism. Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. Uh somehow though. <laughs> They dodged the bullet of being the most tone-deaf 2020 promotion by a Calgary-based company uh, because... Oh, so Calgary's going off, <laughs> Calgary's <huh>? going off. <laughs> Go off, Kings. Uh, yeah. they Go create... off, Flames. <laughs> exactly. Uh, oh, I've been Jerome to Calgary. Adama. Kind of a lovely town, to be honest. Uh, but they... Jerome? Uh, uh, I don't know what that is. Is it Jerome? Did I, t- I remember yeah, hockey bis- news being like, Jerome Aginla. I'm like, I don't know, dude. I, <laughs> I, I play this shit. I don't watch I, it. I love Hockey Sports Center because like, clearly everyone except uh, Barry Melrose like knows what's going on. <laughs> yeah. so, like, they'll be like, uh, I don't know, Barry, you say his name. Like, I'll, yeah. I'll, get, I'll get it later. <laughs> There's a, a brand of gelato uh, that's called Righteous Gelato. It uh, used oh. to be... Used to be known as Fiasco Gelato back in the nineties when it was serious? cool to be fucking red, uh, but now they're like, nah, people aren't extreme anymore. They're woke, so we're gonna do righteous gelato. Uh, they created a flavor of ice cream called a uh, righteous Black Lives Matter. Uh, it was a chocolate mint chip, uh, small batch gelato with uh, pictures of Black Lives Matter protesters, uh, and it's cool though because. $5 from each $12 jar uh, sold would, quote, support efforts to combat systematic racism and advocate for racialized and marginalized communities uh, and people not affiliated. They were not affiliated. Those uh, groups that they were donating to not affiliated with Black Lives Matter. So Jesus. cool. 
So that, that got pulled quickly. I mean, this definitely, it's, it's funny because there's like the Canadian version of this shit, which is like somewhat well-intentioned or kind of being like, oh, I don't know. Like, I feel like the, the real cynical American like version would be like, I can't breathe ice cream, <laughs> you know, rather than like right. black lives matter. And it's like, what are y'all doing? Like, I, I guess the I difference can't breathe of, because there's so much caramel. Yeah. Right. <laughs> seriously. It's like, what the fuck? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it seems well-intentioned, but yeah, then it, it falls apart when it's like five of $12. Like what, are your yeah, are those your, pro- is that your profit seven. margin? <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> They're donating um, loonies? Is that even would that right. be good? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then there's a bunch of companies trying to capitalize on the idea that like a hundred different marketing teams met at the on the same day and were like, wait, what about people named Karen who aren't Karen's? Oh so boy. we've got uh Domino's uh who we uh stand we 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 like we like a good Domino's pizza. However, in New Zealand and Australia, Domino's launched a promotion in which they would give 100 pizzas to women named Karen. Uh because quote, it's a tough time to be a Karen. Uh which uh, that, no, that's, it's a tough time to be an aboriginal. Right. Won't you <laughs> won't you please think of the Karens? Get um, me the fuck out of here. Uh, what the fuck? <laughs> it's a tough time to be a <laughs> why is the why is it moving in that, that direction yeah oh man that's who I we mean, gotta be thinking about oh uh, yeah i mean like reach out to a karen today and make sh- the because well, she what she wants is a pizza right now uh she not to uphold white supremacy yes a pizza um, with like a really specific order that's really hard to make and a giant burden and then comes with no tip can you right. imagine though, like <laughs> if, <laughs> in the fine print it's like well this woman of color named karen asked for a pizza we're like well we're Ooh. mostly talking about white Karens because that's who <laughs> we kind of think is hat. Like, because obviously we wouldn't look at you because you're not right. white as a Karen. So we're gonna unfortunately can't offer you this pizza. It's just for whites only. Calling okay. all the the <laughs> ad is Domino's newsroom. Calling all parentheses mask wearing law abiding Karens with picture of a white woman wearing a mask. So uh, they're no like, Karen has to be looked at like a fucking Nazi. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, no, we're talking about a very specific mentality of uh, women who are using to deploy their privilege and men, whatever they Kyle, Kyle or whatever the the equivalent name is. But either way, in this instance, because of the sort of massive buildup of Karen content uh, in the lead up to George Floyd's death. Also, I think it's about having a real critical eye on it versus but then this is the marketing thing where it's just like SEO shit. Where it's like, I don't know, man, Karen's like hot, so let's just fucking throw a name on there. Like, like, like this is our new Karen Zinfandel. Uh, right. Maybe that's what they'll <laughs> fucking be into. And it, it, but it also, that's how cynical a lot of marketing is. So I don't know what. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It, that is, it, that is so like weirdly bankrupt, like morally bankrupt to just be like, is literally anything, you look at a list of what's trending and then you do not care what is any right. of it has to do with. <laughs> they didn't even yeah. look to see Incredible. why Karen is trending. Um, I They're like, oh, Blackout Tuesday would be a great time to market our new beer. Yeah. Right. It's like, I, no, duh, no, not Blackout like that. Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> uh, I could see, <laughs> I could see, uh, like, speaking of 90s, I, I could see, like, 90s marketers being like, if your name is Hitler, you get, like, a free, <laughs> oh, yeah. like, extra Adolf. value. Yeah, yeah. 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 Hitler had Calling that big resurgency in the 90s. 
Right. Hey, Adolf gets a golf, the new Volkswagen golf. <laughs> it's like, what? Why? All right, let's talk about baseball. It's fitting that America's pastime is mimicking America in the sense that opening too soon and then just having everybody get sick. Yeah, um, it's it sucks. Because yeah. I think when we were first looking at how baseball was going to, like, we're like, it. the bubble seems to be the only logical way um, in a country like ours, where if it's, that we have, we're, you know, it's a runaway train, um, that that's the one way you could, you know, conceivably have that many people interacting and still be able to maintain safety is a bubble. The NBA is doing it, you know, uh, but now we're seeing like from the beginning, there were always issues like whether the Marlins were one of the first teams or if there was like a bunch of infections. Now the Cardinals have several uh, people on that roster or on that that organization. I think that's the Marlins positive. had like 15 of the yeah, it was bad. It's like like that's <laughs> almost the whole team. They like partied in Atlanta the night before and we're like, this should be fine. Like yeah, we should be good. We're good. <laughs> Fuck the masks. Let's just do our thing. And, you know, it's just tough because on top of that, there's like all this, it's affecting other team schedules because like, mm -hmm. well, we can't play the team that's on COVID timeout now. So like, yeah. I guess we're just, okay, what does that do for the season? Um, but then like beyond that, it's just a lot of interesting things that like back to the point we were talking about, even with like basketball of like what the games look like. It's very like sort of similar. Um, you know, they're, they're trying to figure out how do we do this? How do we have a gigantic ballpark uh, and still kind of feel like it's alive? They're now like they're piping in sounds uh, just of fan noise where even like fans themselves can like upload their own fan noise like to the like Major League Baseball website. Uh, and then maybe like it'll be, you know, broadcast over the like the speakers in the game or like in the actual uh, real life game where they're playing. But I was actually also wondering that on that when I was watching the NBA, like does when you go to NBA.com, you can like cheer for uh a team but like does clicking on the thing actually make sound in the stadium or is it just like i can't imagine they they probably have to vet those sounds because then you could be there and just be like turd fuck turd fuck <laughs> and then you know you've completely ruined the broadcast um so they probably do that to just have a collection of like authorized sound bites yeah I think um, I think they've they've acknowledged as much as like we can't the pitcher swears every time <laughs> like we right. can't we right, can't right, have right. him just doing that into, nice into swing, a mic, open mic yeah. yeah yeah right oh Joe <laughs> Kelly the fucking troll in chief but <laughs> so now they're using like sounds from like of like video games like MLB the show uh to have those kind of come into the stadiums I know they did that in like England too using like. You know, because these games already were doing like collecting sort of stadium atmospherics for the video game that sort of mm. translates over to the real thing. But it's it's kind of nice to not have crowd noise. Like in certain aspects, there is something very interesting about watching professional sports completely absent of that crowd noise. But I get it with baseball. It's a little bit. There's a lot of shit talking going on. Um, but the other thing that's interesting is like on Fox, they're trying to do like virtual fans where it's like legit PS2 renderings of people <laughs> oh in the God. stands, like in real time. And it's, it's fucking weird. It uh, is and also, really weird looking. Yeah. It's very uncanny on, valley. Yes. Yeah. 100%. And because they're all they looking have, like slightly in the wrong direction. It's <laughs> yeah. Really and weird. everyone looks like they're about to be killed. Like the energy <laughs> of it is just sort of like, uh, uh, well, like 
Like, you'll, just bleed. you'll also catch two people move in unison, and that's right. like, oh, I yeah. hate this. That's like two eyes like, oh, in a painting following you. Right. It's like, don't you have enough processing <laughs> yeah. speed to have all these people move independently and not do the same animations? <laughs> or just time it. Just time yeah. it. Anyway, so uh, because of that, like, they also have other issues where the camera angles, only certain angles will fill the shot with the virtual fans. So sometimes you'll see the pack stadiums, and then another angle will be, like, completely empty. So it's a little inconsistent. Um, and so I think because of that, people are just finding, you know, whether it's cutouts. I know the A's have a cutout of like, uh, Tom Hanks, uh, selling hot dogs because he actually did that as a young man. Uh, and like other stadiums, like have full on cardboard cutouts that they're just putting in the seats. Is it a um, recording but- of Hanks's voice? Like doing the, I thought, I thought it was like him being like hot dogs, get your hot dogs. Yeah. I think there is actually a recording of him too. Yeah. Uh, so and it's, then presumably pisses in the middle of the recording. Yeah, it, that's his kink. It, there's not one piece of Tom Hanks content that doesn't involve him pissing. Okay, so yeah, I think you, it's actually in the David background. David S. Pumpkins real closely. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. it's coming out the bottom of his pant leg, <laughs> yeah, 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 just yeah. streaming. That's why they so, have that black suit. <laughs> it's all just very. Yeah, it's 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 tough. All that to say, it's tough, and I think even just with all the sports restarting it what's odd is like the bubble that idea of like yeah that's how we get that's how we're able to have our nba it's like can we extend that logic to the whole country to like the (laughs) non-basketball playing just people like the mentality of like we gotta contain this thing for the sake of sports profits do you think about now yeah do you think that's part of it is like with baseball it's like they've got that kind of weird conservative streak like you think like trevor bauer and like aubrey huff and all like they, I wonder if like culturally, like also like culturally the NBA, it's like they're more collective, oh, and more socially aware, and that's got to help a thousand times. I, th- like, I think 100%. I think as much as anything. Yeah. Well, yeah. obviously there's less people and they're doing a bubble and all that stuff. And then also everyone kind of feels in on it. Right. Except yeah. for Lou Williams, who I can't blame. I think he's, uh, I think he's trying his best. Yeah. <laughs> you got to get those, gotta get those <laughs> wings. Lou's doing his best. I feel like yeah. we're, we'll, we'll allow Lou one fuck up. Uh <laughs> But like with baseball, it's like there's so many of them, and it's like it's such it's a, a lot kind to of keep individual. It's, it's such like individualist sport too. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. It's it's America's pastime, so I think mm-hmm. it's only right that it's everything Flaws is sort of all. echoing. Yeah. yeah, and it's also like too, like you know, the, the number of black participants in baseball has gone down. You know, uh, right. like it does it. It's not increasing because it, you know, it is a very conservative sport. You know, people wanted for getting mad at Ken Griffey Jr. because wore his fucking hat backwards in batting practice. <laughs> right. Like, that's not the that isn't the vibes of like a a, yeah. a, a a sport where there's gonna be like, yeah, we're gonna have Black Lives Matter on the on the field, like on the diamond. Um, because I don't think they have that, but you know, it right. is what it is. Shout out to all the you know baseball players though, doing their best. I know it's gotta. I know it's gotta suck to like want. To be like one of the few people who's like, this is so fucking risky, fuck, mm-hmm. but I still want to play, god damn it. Yeah. Ugh. Well, theoretically, like you touch so little, it should be fine. You know what I mean? Like if everyone's... Right. Like the it little physical contact of the easier. game is so much... Yeah, it should yeah. be much right. easier. Than the NBA. The NBA, yeah. like even watching those games, I was like, man, Ooh. if like even one of these people has it, like yeah. everyone's going to have it. It's so risky. Yeah. Um, because nobody's That's, wearing masks. Like the coaches, actually, one of the four head coaches uh, wore a mask the whole game. Alvin Gentry for uh, New Orleans in the in the first games back. Anyways, 
Shout out to Lou Williams, by the way. He's 6'1", <laughs> 174 pounds. He's he's like, you wouldn't notice him if you walked by him on the street. Yeah, like, yeah he's going to do, he, do what he wants. Like, <laughs> I, Ty, I walked by Tyus Edney once, and he, I, thought, I thought he was like a 13-year-old boy. Like, he, yeah. is, he was a tiny, like, very young-looking person that... Like that is a whole nother level of like they basically have superpowers because that like yeah. being able to compete at that level with the body of a like Allen Iverson, I guess, is the best example of somebody who's just like unbelievable. Yeah. When I, I lived in St. Louis as a kid and I saw Mark Bolger out in the world, the like former Rams quarterback Mark Bolger. <laughs> that dude, yeah. that dude is the most accountant I've ever seen. Like I <laughs> I was like with my aunt and I was like, that's the Rams quarterback. And she's like, absolutely not. Like, there's no <laughs> way humanly possible. Funny. He had like a tan polo shirt on. Yeah. Right. I remember at the when UCLA won the championship in ninety five, it was big, big fun for us in LA. And I remember seeing there was like a thing where you could see some of like the victory stuff. Uh, the UCLA like victory kind of celebrations, and yeah, I thought I was so disappointed to see Tyus Edney in person because <laughs> I was like, "This motherfucker's my size." Ian, he went up and he went the whole length of the court for that. All right, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, it's more impressive. Man. Like, then I also saw Charles O'Bannon in Japan years later when he he started playing basketball in Japan, right. and like I saw him out, out like out at a bar, and my <laughs> and one of my homegirls who lived out there, she's like Chuck, and I'm like. Is that Charles O'Bannon? And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh my, okay, we're Woo! here. <laughs> I'd love to see it. What a great, that's like one of those iconic, I don't know if it was the age I was, but like that is such an iconic team. The O'Bannons yeah. and Ty Sedney. Mm-hmm. And it was like the Hoop Dreams year too. Yeah. Like there was like a lot of basketball content. Like I feel like for, if kids weren't like fully in it or culture wasn't on it, it helped, you know, get people really into it. Totally. Obviously Michael Jordan played a big part. But. <laughs> I like to think it was Ty Sandy. Who's that? Michael. Mm. Oh, you mean Toby Bailey? <laughs> I think you're saying Ty Sandy wrong. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break and we'll be back with uh, Spencer Confidential and Last Chance You. And we're back. And. Uh, what do we want to start with? We want to talk uh, Spency Confidential up top. Spency Confies. Let's do it. Yeah. It it was it kicked off quarantine. I got <laughs> I was on tour and I got back into town and like the first night I was like, well, we're gonna have to watch a bunch of movies if we can't leave the apartment. And Spencer right. Confidential was the first thing we put on. <laughs> we're like, nice. All right, this is gonna. I just side note. I was just looking at this '95 UCLA team. J.R. Henderson. Uh, who played on that team as well, who wow. like also was drafted by the Vancouver Grizzlies in the second round. He left to Japan and became a naturalized Japanese citizen. His name is now J.R. Sakuragi. What? Whoa. Yeah. All right. That's so amazing. welcome, sir. Welcome. Right. I welcome you, my Blasian brother. Okay. I'm done with that. <laughs> uh, all right. Spencer Confidential has nothing to do with the 95 UCLA uh, championship. Team. Or the exactly. anime Slam Dunk. <laughs> um, That's where that name's from. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, it's directed by Peter Berg. He and Mark Wahlberg are uh, life partners. They they work exclusively together, it seems <laughs> like. He kind of, he seems like he has a sense of what people like about Mark Wahlberg and is just, like, everything is oriented around that. Um, 
What is this being... about? Who is Spencer and what's confidential? Exactly? So Spencer, Spencer is uh, Uh-oh. both Uh-oh. a no-nonsense <laughs> cop, All right. an ex-con, and a boxing trainer. All the Boston, <laughs> all the different Boston like movie character tropes that you uh-huh. can have. Wait, sorry, you ex-cop boxing trainer? What was the other one? Ex-con. Uh, he's ex- just getting oh, out of prison. Ex-con yeah. and boxing trainer. And yeah. ex-cop. And uh, cop con co- and boxing renegade okay. box renegade renegade cop beat the shit out of his chief, uh, got put away for some time because he had it coming and he admitted oh, to that's it. That's right, bro. That's right. Uh, and uh, loves dogs, loves dogs. Uh, <laughs> just to soften the physical violence at yeah. portions of his personality, but loves dogs. Just pick um, random stuff you can't disagree with. To, yeah, to, to yeah make it exactly. It's like it's easy to forget all those brutal John Wick headshots if you remember it yeah. was all because of a dog. That's right. Um, but Boston cops, it turns out, are bad. They're bad guys. And also bad at being bad guys. They're they're not Ooh. good at corruption. Uh <laughs> they they there's just like a lot of sloppy stuff going on from the bad guys. They're they're just leaving like crime scenes uncleaned up with like blood splatter yeah. everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And they're just like, Yeah, we did that, but we already pinned it on this other guy, so we should be good. Um one of what the is- weirdest sex scenes uh I think so I've weird. seen. Wait, uh, what? We it's, saw we watched yeah. 365 Denis, and you're saying there's some oh, there's a well this are is, weird in what sense? I'd say it's like more realistic because of like the physical awkwardness of it, but oh, uh, yeah. oh like it's when like Taron Manning and uh, Eminem fucking Eight Mile. Yeah, it's a little like it's that. Got like, that literally. Yeah, it's got that thing that makes you feel bad. <laughs> yeah, when I was like, yeah, I was like, like, oh, <laughs> the way she licked her hand, I was like, ah, that's the real one. <laughs> but it's not that hot. Like it's right, 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 it's right. It's dumber. <laughs> Yeah, it's very dumb. Uh, it makes you like it, it's like, oh yeah, sex is stupid. Like we yeah. we shouldn't well, have and, sex. And it reminds you, stupid people enjoy it more. Right. It's like yeah. well, they're like better at like, it. Oh yeah, you look good too. You look good too. Yeah. Uh, Murphy. Why am I saying it's him and uh, right? it's him and Eliza? It's Mark Wahlberg and Eliza Schlesinger like throwing each other around a bathroom violently, and that makes me think it was almost written by someone who. Uh, was a virgin because it's very like yeah, and then he throws her against the sink like we all. But love, he and it physically looks uncomfortable with it. I, I don't know if that's his <laughs> yeah, Catholicism oh, coming through, but like he just like when he's about to do it, he's like, uh, uh, and I don't know. It's, it's just very weird. He's also small. He, he this ain't movie been does right not boogie nights. Right. This movie does not hide the fact that. By the way, he think he claims he should have never made boogie nights. Uh, which his is, best movie. His best movie. Oh Although I think his best performance is uh, I Heart Huckabee's. Uh, that's my favorite Mark Wahlberg comedic yeah, performance. That, even I though I like, don't whoa. like that movie all that much. He's my favorite so when he's fucking like, funny in that when movie. When he's like, you're the fucking destroyer, man. It's like, whoa. <laughs> it just, <laughs> it's my favorite line. Uh, Mark Maron uh, shows up as a reporter. Uh, it's, it's interesting that it has com- comedians because it's not like a... There are kind of a lot of comedians in it. Yeah. Really? Who else? Uh, Mark Maron and Eliza Schlesinger. And I oh, think that's there, enough. Yeah. I, I know there, there are a couple more that they're like very minor. They're like yeah. Boston comedians. Maron they're is like, like really guys. minor. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He like shows up three quarters through and is just like, 
they they keep checking in with him, but he doesn't really do anything. What? Okay, now what? What fucking? Who is Post Malone? Why the fuck is he on the thing? Oh, he's, Why? A, he's, he's a totally white supremacist uh, <laughs> gang member who knows uh, different stuff, and he has probably a total of two minutes of screen time, maybe yeah, maybe yeah. a little bit more. This is what they do with those fucking stupid images they serve you, like trying to get you to think that like that movie is about. There are some really interesting thumbnails that pop up that are com- completely misrepresent what movies are about, just to be like, I don't know, maybe you'll click on it because of this face. So he's right. only in it for two minutes. Yeah, yeah he's barely okay. in it. What's um, also crazy about this movie is it's like one of it's like it really stretching the idea of using a previous IP, like use like it just if something existed before, we can remake it because like Spencer is like a. 60s TV show and then like a series of novels, but no one knows about it. Oh, I so, like, have no if idea. Yeah, so so if you're remaking, so if you're making something because it's was something else before, it's like who is that for? It feels like like are there right. old people who are like I loved the Spencer show from the 60s and now right. finally they've made a Netflix movie. Good, and I was yeah, I was hoping Post Malone would be yeah. the white supremacist <laughs> jailhouse snitch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Although, all the original for Spencer Spencer fans, <laughs> yeah. they were just waiting it used for the to be right Don guy Knotts, to play. And now it's, uh, <laughs> right. Finally, the, our generation's Don Knotts, Post Malone. Post Malone. Um, <laughs> it's I. I guess I see why it was successful because Mark Wahlberg, I think Mark Wahlberg is legitimately a movie star in the sense that totally. like he can. He's a big fucking shining star, bro. Yeah, he's a big fucking bright shining <laughs> star. Uh, he just like people will watch stuff with him because he's in it. Uh, right. And and I'm one of those people. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. No, I, I like a good Mark Wahlberg action movie. This did not disappoint me. Uh, didn't blow me away either. It was just just right. It was Goldilocks, Mark Perfectly Wahlberg Perfectly down movie. the middle. Yeah, exactly. So it seems like his thing is going to be because they have a final scene where he sees a news report and it's like apparently his next case. And it seems like his thing, which seems very specific, is finding Boston cops who are framed for committing crimes and like uh, exonerating them because oh, like that's boy. that's the plot it of this and you're so like okay specific. that must be just like must be just this plot but Finally. then like as they're having a beer like cheersing the the great uh, you know corrupt scheme that they just fucked up he sees one of his friends getting hauled out of like a firehouse I guess he's a fireman they're like he's being accused of uh, you know a crime and the guy's like I didn't do it someone help me <laughs> and it's and he's it's like, like all right, they're bro. like Spencer, don't do it, don't, <laughs> don't help him. do it. It's just it's. He's the, like, I don't know. I think you got a bum rap, Chief. If you look at the video after I mean, he curb after he flipped that kid's wheelchair, I don't think he fully curb stomped him. <laughs> it's like Spencer, what I tell you, quit helping people. <laughs> yeah, like legit. He's like in that. trouble a lot for that. It's right? Really yeah. Jeez. He goes to jail for helping people. He goes to jail uh, by beating people up. He goes. He's always helping people. Uh, he just can't help it. Uh, and this also exists in, in like a universe where everyone's secretly really good at fighting or has ambitions to be really good at fighting. <laughs> right. There's no nonviolent character. Right. Like right. Every, every person you see is just like, yeah, and that's uh, that little girl selling Girl Scout cookies. Yeah, she's uh, she's a monster in the ring. Yeah. She's, oh, yeah. she's destroy she's, you. Yeah. She killed one. her scout leader with a capoeira <laughs> kick. You wouldn't believe. Five and no MMA. Her. The, uh, Up kicked her right in the nose. 
the co-star who plays a uh, hawk is he an actual MMA fighter? I didn't know. It seemed like they were teasing that. I didn't bother. I think this so. This is the thing about my rewatch reviews. I don't do any research, and yeah. then our audience yells at me for not knowing stuff. I oh, got no, the sense. No, he's, I was going to no, bring he's, that up. He's when... the guy from Black Panther. He's a uh, and and us. Oh shit! He Winston just, Duke. He, yeah, he gets like he's like cut in this. Like he yeah. looks like a different Holy person. Holy shit! Yeah. He's he's they make him look giant in this. I don't think I knew that's who that was. <laughs> that's how different he looks. Yeah. Damn, you're getting big, bro. What's your secret, yeah. <laughs> bro? You, you in the cryo tank for six hours, bro? Black Panther. That's how you throw a it's punch, a bro. Uh anyways, five stars. That's how you flip Good a movie. wheelchair, bro. Yeah. <laughs> when a fan's just, like, hey, you Mark Wahlberg, bro, you grab it, you grab it by the wheel at the bottom, bro. Get more leverage. The the chair will flip, bro. I'm, I was never at one point during this movie convinced that he would have been able to do any of these things. Like I, He doesn't have such a particular set of skills that you're like, oh, I feel confident that Spencer's got this. It's just like oh. he's kind of like, aggressive violently and has a good right. heart. Like I don't... Do, would you agree, Sam? Like what, what is his, what is his, his skill? That Here's he's why like good he is at? good at this. He takes a beating the entire movie. He gets the absolute shit kicked out of him in every scene. Like right. they beat him up in a bathroom. I remember that that scene is like very yeah, he gets the shit br- kicked like out of brutal. Him a lot. Like he gets like and he just keeps <laughs> that is his yeah, that's his superpower yeah. this whole movie. It's about getting up. Everyone bro. whoops his ass in a very obvious way. And he'll go Right. He'll just charge into a group of six guys with batons and just be there like, are like multiple This is what times. I do. I help yeah. people. There are multiple times that he would be dead if it weren't for the fact that they arbitrarily chose for this uh, drug ring he's bringing up to be filled with henchmen who only use machetes instead of guns. Yeah, yeah, Uh, yeah. Right. (laughs) So, like, uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. I I enjoyed it. Uh, It's not not a great movie, uh, but also it's not a reenactment of an actual real world tragedy by the by Peter <laughs> Berg and right. Mark Wahlberg. Oh, it's a it's a great zone out. Yeah, uh, it's a airplane good zone airplane movie general. basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. But the fact that it's been viewed movie. by uh, more people than like ET uh, is pretty. You know, it, the, people. I was going to ask are, you guys. I was going to ask you guys something. Or like, so this goes counter to like right a very. Uh, you don't want to play into like too much propaganda, but there's like something really satisfying about a detective story right now because you're watching someone want to solve a problem. Right. I feel yeah. like no one rather than no on one patrol. who can. Yeah, no one who can in real life has wanted to solve a problem. Like right. that that has the ability. So so to watch a detective be like, murder is a problem and I'm going to solve this murder is like really like soothing. But he's not a detective, bro. Right. He's, he's like an he's idiot. Too real. Like, he's too real for the it. cops. <laughs> you're yeah. the yeah, detective. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you watch. The cops are too pussy, bro, <laughs> yeah. to fucking beat the fuck out of a fucking <laughs> yeah. perpetrator, bro. It's like, whoa. <laughs> I'll punch the clues. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Took that fucking clue out, bro. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah, like I said, five stars out of five stars. Great All film. Right. What's uh, what what's Last Chance You? Send oh, me on Last Chance You, bro. So, you know, the whole series is what the first few seasons were based on, like these top Juco football programs that were essentially like the whole idea of Last Chance You were for like guys who got D1 scholarships in, in college football. But then for due to academics or disciplinary stuff, they lost it. But they have the talent and they need very desperately to get back 
into D1. So like everyone, this like really fucked up rat race of underprivileged people, hopefully trying to cash in on their athletic ability for a better life. It's really the whole undertone of a lot of it. It's like a lot. It's like a very humanizing story of really understanding how much student athletes like look at getting into professional sports as like truly the solution of their problems. And the first seasons were like on these like huge schools that like everyone knew it's like they're like pretty much if you're playing on here, you're probably going to get a like a D1 scholarship like out the gate. Go to Alabama yeah. Or so now in this latest season, it's focusing on Laney College in East Oakland and the situations are very different. Previously in these other programs, like there were dorms and like it was more mimicked like a university setting. This is truly a community college where these student athletes have to pay for their own tuition. They have to pay for their own classes, their housing, their food. Um, and so there's a, just another added layer of like sacrifice that you see on top of like the past seasons where some guys are like, damn, like I don't honestly know if this guy is even the size for professional football or D1 football, but you see how much they sacrifice and commit to it that, you know, every person has an interesting story. And that's, what's cool about the show is like, you know, one lineman isn't just like this lineman guy. Like there's this whole story about him being a father and like bringing his children to practice because he can't get childcare. But he also was so tired of being just like a, you know, loss prevention guy at Walmart he was like, I know I can do better for myself and maybe I can use football to get a college education, not necessarily get to the NFL, but get an education so I can ex get some kind of upward mobility and provide for my family. Then you have guys who are probably like, yes, looking at potential D1 scholarships, like they fit the same build, like they have the athletic set and sometimes they take their own talent for granted and like it's a struggle for them to keep their head in the game because it's like, bro, like if you really want to get there, you need to buckle down and executing these games so you can get your footage, get your tape, so you can start getting scouted. I mean, you tell me that every day. Yeah, I know. I'm like, you got to <laughs> yeah. knuckle down, man. I'm like, I can't, I can't keep telling you, man. If the ball's coming up above, you got to have your thumbs in, right? <laughs> it's coming below your waist, your thumbs Catch are out. With your eyes. Yeah. Uh, the it sounds to me like cheer a little bit. Does it? <laughs> it's same exact. I mean, it is the same production company. Oh, so really? If you liked, yeah. If you liked the vibe of cheer. It's you're just because that's what they did. They mapped Last Chance U onto a community college cheer, like hyper competitive cheering program. This is the, the exact same aesthetic, wow. very like verite. Um, it's super cool. And the thing that I love about it is that like you see how invested all these people are who aren't the athletes either, like from the teachers at the school who are really, really committed to getting some of these guys to take their education seriously and not just phone it in because they're like on the, on the football team and like staying with them after class and trying to like the dedication of like the professors is fantastic. The trainers, the coach himself, he's been doing it for like 40 years. He's like this half Korean guy and he's like a local and he's had offers to go to like D one schools um, and coach there like position coach, but he just can't do it. He's like, I'm from Oakland and Lane, like, I want to service my city and the people of my city. And if this is how I can get folks who are have a dream of playing college like football, like maybe I can I can do that and take kids under my wing. So it's just very like it it, it pulls on your heartstrings. It's got like some really cool you know football moments. Uh, it's got some like things that just like break your heart. But it's all you know. It's got it all. It's got it all. That sounds amazing. 
Yeah, I'm going to watch. It, it sounds like Hard Knocks, but with like real stakes. Yeah, that's like no. that's like that's like what's hard about Hard Knocks is you're like, oh, even if this guy gets cut, it's like then he's on a practice squad and he'll make like six figures on a practice right. squad. You're like, yeah, that sounds rad. I, you should do that. But this, it's like it really. I think that's what really it fucks you up too. Like mm-hmm. when you realize too, we have a society, and especially when it comes to like young black men because of the opportunities that are so limited athletics is seen as a very viable way there and but just because of the sheer numbers of people that try to get into the you know the show the professional leagues and how many don't like it's it also just it breaks your heart that you want people to feel that there are more opportunities for them than to say like I am going to put everything on the line to try and get into this sport and if I don't I don't know what I'm going to do because there are a lot of young men who are like, you know, of the entire team who are all of this mentality of like, if I don't get into a D1 college, I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. Um, and that's when you're kind of like the whole social commentary mm. shit starts getting in your mind sure. of like, damn, like this is like the society like emphasizes success in like these very narrow ways that like it's going to create an entire, it just, it constantly does. I think we all know people we grew up with who probably had a lot of gifted athletic ability, who saw that as like a way to be like, that's going to be my life is to be an athlete. And then when that doesn't happen, it's very disruptive uh, psychologically. And it's just like, yeah, but it's at the same time, like people get small victories and it feels good. So yeah, it's got it all. I can't recommend it enough. But yeah, you can start from the beginning because you see like it's a whole, you know, there's many seasons. Um, All right. I'm going to watch that shit probably this weekend. <laughs> uh, Sam, it has been a pleasure having you on the Daily Zeitgeist. Where can people find you and follow you? Uh, thank you guys so much for having me. Uh, of course. On Twitter, at VoteSamWiles. Uh, just follow me on there for updates and stuff. Uh, I have an album that comes out today. So Dope. A stand-up album that I recorded Ooh. the March 14th, which was the Holy shit. night yeah. before everything shut down. That wow. Uh, so wow. it's so the album sounds different because of that, obviously. Like <laughs> right. it's it's so I was gonna record it in in this music studio in Iowa. We had like 30 seats, and because of the pandemic, it was uh we there's 12 people there, including the two guys I was on tour with. So like it sounds wow. it sounds like there's 12 people there. Like it's still like a fun <laughs> album. Like I like yeah, the yeah. jokes and stuff, but it, it doesn't sound like a modern comedy album. It's, it more sounds like something from the 70s, like it sounds like, oh, like wow, yeah. it sounds more like, you know, like Robert Klein would do an album in front of like six tables or something. You know what right, I mean? Right, so right, that's, right. So that's kind of the vibe. And uh, and I like it. I'm like proud of it. It's called Regular Guy Out of Hell. And uh, the cover is like Meatloaf's Bad Out of Hell, but just me. <laughs> and uh, it's a reference for, uh, I like to keep things for people over 50. That's, that's yeah, kind of that's where I'm aiming my, my stand up. And then I have a podcast um, called Fight Island where we just talk about who would win in a fight. It's a very like Mark Wahlberg, dumb guy type of podcast. <laughs> okay, who's, who, who's some of the latest yeah, give episodes? Give us some matchups. Um, so we just recorded a, a fun one with Matt Bronger that's, uh, we, just, we talk about that meme that was like the you pick two. Uh, groups of animals to fight and then they or to defend you and the other eight come after you. Did right. You see that meme going around? Okay. Yeah, so we I like did, to, yeah. we like go through that with Matt Bronger and um we just had uh Cody Heller who's she made that shit that Quibi show dummy she was on. She's really fun. Mm-hmm. Um yeah we some of our best our best episodes are just like our friends like Steph Tolov has a great one and well, who I'm, I'm, but I'm sorry I because I got it who, who are the matchups though? Who are the verses? Who's oh, in each so, corner? 
So we've got a so we've we talk about go by category. So like if we fought Seinfeld, we have like a lightweight fight that's like who wins between like Peterman and uh, the soup Nazi, and then like the, then we have a then we have a middleweight category that's like who wins between Newman and Putty, and then mm. the heavyweight it's like who wins between like if Elaine teams up with Kramer and George teams up with Jerry, right? Like what Ooh. happens? And we just we just the guest and uh, where does Poppy figure Dahl, is Poppy a middleweight? Poppy's lightweight? a lightweight. Poppy's light. Uh, he, but Poppy's, Poppy's got some intensity, though. Well, in a pandemic, Poppy's deadly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> My man's not washing his hands. That's his superpower. No. I mean, Jerry, and... I just checked on your duck. It's a more succulent than <laughs> yeah. even I could have hoped. And then you, <laughs> One of and my then favorite you... Poppy lines. <laughs> and then he does that in a fight, and you can feel the duck in your stomach yeah, start right, to right. Like, <laughs> melt your insides. <laughs> so, yeah, it's very like goofy, and we just talk. It's uh, Jordan Dahl and I host it, and, it's, and we just talk about uh, hypothetical fights, almost as if like people in real life were like in Street Fighter. So, Amazing. right, that sounds great. Yeah. Uh, is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying? If any of your listeners know the sketch group, but it's just two guys in LA that make like amazing sketches. But I was on tour with them when I recorded this album, and uh, one of the guys from But is a guy named Joe McAdams, a super funny comedian. He started mailing out his tweets in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> and you can sign up for his Patreon. It's like a dollar, and he'll mail you 30 tweets. And because he's like, Twitter's bad, I don't want to use it, but I still can't stop thinking of these short jokes. So he'll right. mail you like a letter and then a bunch of tweets. And it's really fun to get something in the mail and supports, and I can hear this, the U.S. Postal Service. Wow. So uh, sign up for his Patreon. It's, it's super fun. But uh, the tweets are very – he highlights the ones he wrote drunk. <laughs> and uh, he'll he'll put those in bold, and I just have to read one of Joe McAdams' drunk tweets from a letter that he sent to my house. <laughs> uh, Babe Ruth calling his shot by pointing to the toilet before he uses it. <laughs> uh, drunk tweets. So oh, anyway, man. yeah, Joe McAdams' uh, Twitter Patreon that you get in the mail is really fun. Uh, Miles, where can people find you? What's tweet you've been enjoying? Twitter, Instagram, Miles of Gray, Mother Podcast, 420 Day Fiance. Just talking about 90 Day Fiance mm. off that 420. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> let's see. Some jokes, some tweets that I like. Blair Saki. Been thinking of Blair. Missed her. Wanted to come back. Uh, she just tweeted, when my therapist said I'm attracted to emotionally unavailable men because I am emotionally unavailable, I was like, okay, Sherry, you don't need to be a bitch. Um, <laughs> and just one because it's another one from Blair just because it speaks to my tuna riddled heart she says ran out of regular mayo should I mix chipotle mayo with tuna like a fucking outlaw yes you should <laughs> wow uh, that sounds gross you can find me on twitter at jack underscore o'brien couple tweets uh, I've been enjoying uh, Malik tweeted a conversation just one back and forth he texted someone, hey, and they texted, good evening. <laughs> he tweeted, this motherfucker thinks she's Dracula or something? <laughs> good evening. Uh, and then uh, Onoshi tweet and tweeted, I put my pants on just like everybody else, not unless I have to. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com. We post our episodes and our footnotes where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song we ride out on Miles. What's it going to be? 
Okay, so we're gonna ride out on a track from uh, Angelino, native Angelino, uh, local MC, the Koreatown oddity. Uh, and this track is called Weed in LA. And uh, that's all you need to know about it. It's just like a great rap track, uh, fantastic piano sample. So again, maybe one day you can know the magic of Weed in LA, but until then, just check this track out. Uh, well, The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for this fine Monday morning. We'll be back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye. I heard they legalized weed in L.A. Oh, word. What I still don't mean a thing Me and my niggas been twisting trees Without all of them tax fees I heard they legalized weed in LA Oh word Well then let out all the people that you got in jail Locked up on the tent to sell You feel me? Same old Dominique A little stuck in my ways And moving up with an age of thank God For masses attached to the mass When I told you all my last It was gonna be past You making me laugh Rats and patches for the black kids in my neighborhood Me, Brian, Sean, Brett, Anthony Single moms like a community and a family Gloria Gale, Thea, Felicia, and Sharice Eating fried gizzards